And then, you know, every great team, in order to have a great team, it's required that you have a great leader. There are no great teams. There are no great teams without great leaders. It's just, it's a requirement. And uh, I've had the privilege of just walking alongside your pastors and seeing their lives, their character, their heart, and really what God has placed in them to do in this city. And uh, just Pastor Philip and Kelly, just your heart for this city is just expanding. And I believe that this is, this is just something that's going to get bigger and bigger. God's going to do great things. And so what a privilege it is to be here and to jump into God's word. I've been given like a, a time window because my job is to kind of get you to second or third base. And then Pastor Monty's going to home run this thing, everybody. So, so I've, got, I've got the easier job is all I'm saying. I just, I just need a single or a double, and then he's going he's gonna to do all the heavy lifting today, okay? I want you, if you've got your Bible, they're going to put the verses on screen. But if you've got your Bible, anybody here got an old school Bible? Come on, be a real deal. Got a paper Bible. God bless you. The rest of you, we're praying for you, okay? Like, uh, it's okay. You can have your, break out your iPhone or as my daughter says, your iPad. Okay, get your iPad and you can follow along with us. We're going to the book of Joshua, not because it's my namesake, but it's because of the message that, that God has placed in my heart for you and the book of Joshua is actually a pivotal book in the, in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a book of transition from one uh, old wineskin, one way of leadership, Moses, to God passing the baton to uh, the next leader and God wanting to do something fresh. And I believe it's a great picture of what God is actually doing with Encounter Church. That there was, there was a launch 13 years ago that was powerful. And, and about three years ago, some change and some God, God started to work some things out. And right now what's happening is we're ushering into a promised land, everybody. We're about to walk into some areas that God has already promised to give you. And, 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 and I just believe that if we're faithful to kind of to step into it, we'll see God do amazing things. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. The Lord says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. I don't know if you underline your Bible. Some people think that's, you know, not a good. I would underline that right there, okay, as a promise from refrigerator verse. Everywhere you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. If you are unfamiliar with what that looks like, that's Baton Rouge to New Orleans, everybody. Yeah, that's, that's taking you over. We'll come back around. We'll go to Lafayette and we'll go north, everybody. All right, that's what he's talking about. Well, I'm going to give you everywhere that you can walk and you can go. No one, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. You can tell why I like this book, right? It starts powerful. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Come on, read it out loud. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Come on, pray with me all around this room. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we trust your word is true. God, this was not just a promise to some, some people in the Old Testament that we don't know. God, your word is true for us today. And we honor your scripture. And we ask, Lord God, that as we take a few moments to study, that our hearts are prepared, our minds are ready to receive what you want to do in us. And God, we'll leave here changed because of your amazing grace. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love this. God says, listen, Joshua, I'm sending you in. Moses did a good thing. He prepared the way. And I'm sending you in to take on the, to just, to jump into the promise that I have for you. 
But unfortunately, we have the privilege, all of us, we have the privilege of reading the whole book of Joshua. How many of y'all know that the book of, the first chapter sounds really good, everybody. Second chapter, they had to go fight, you know, and third chapter, they had to fight some more. And the fourth chapter, they were fighting a lot and, and, and be strong and courageous came down to actually Joshua having to put his foot on some people's necks and saying, we're going to win. We're going to be victorious. And today I would, I would love to talk to you and I am going to talk to you about what God wants to do in you and what he's going to do, uh, what is coming, the, the new things that are ahead of you. But I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you about some of the struggles that you're heading into. Because listen, there is great promise when you step into the promised land. But as soon as you're on the edge of that destiny, the enemy is going to do everything he can to put you on the struggle bus while you're doing it. It's what he's going to do. Uh, come on, we, y'all, y'all heard the hashtag struggle bus, you know, like uh, hashtag struggling. We got all these social media things. And as soon as you're on the edge of or you're beginning something great, the enemy tries to steal it from you on the way in. And he tries to steal it from you on the way out. I'll tell you this tonight. God wants to do something in your life. And if you aren't careful, he'll begin it and you'll let the enemy steal it on the drive home. Let's just decide now that we're going to stay here for the conference, everybody. We're going to be here. We're going to to bathe ourselves in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I hear the preachers tomorrow are pretty good, too. Come on now. My my very first uh, experience with swimming was very much, I liken it to the book of Joshua. It was God, God just said, Joshua, jump in. That's what my dad did with me. I'm one of six kids. I was the third one. He taught the first two how to swim. The third one, he said, you'll make it. <laughs> and so I learned very quickly that if I wanted to pretend like I was swimming, I had to run real fast, jump, and then paddle all out to make it to the other side. It looked like somebody was dying in the water. But I would get to the other side and I would climb out and I'd run again and I, I would jump all I had and I'd get halfway to the other side and I'd thrash like somebody was drowning in the pool. And I'd make it to the other side. And that was kind of how, how it began for me. Swimming and, and life was much like just you'll do it. You'll be fine. How many ever felt like somebody just threw you in there and you weren't ready? Come on, we've all been there, right? Uh, and so I, was, I started to do pretty well. I started to swim a little bit more. And I had an older brother, four and a half years older than me. And I thought his calling in life was to, to hurt me. Okay? Like, I thought his calling in life was to bring pain to mine. And I just started to swim okay. And he said, man, do you know? I mean, there's a secret to swimming. I said, what is it? He says, at the bottom of this, uh, 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 the bottom of this pool, it smells like roses. Come on, how many of y'all know that when you, I, I, listen, I was doing all I could just to stay up here, and I went down there and I gave it a sniff, everybody. <laughs> Serious struggle busting it right there. Like, like I, I, listen, listen, sometimes we look at what God promises and what we think, and we're like, we're running all out, everything we got, we're diving in, God, I'm for you. And then there's someone saying, smell the roses. And it seems good, but sometimes that's what the enemy even says to us to kind of get us to think, maybe I ought to go that way. Maybe I, I, I ought to do this thing. And he's, he, he, he often sends someone. The struggle comes with someone that looks good, smells good, and seems good. But sometimes when things seem too good to be true, that's just how the, that's how the enemy traps you. Any single folk in the room? Any single folk in the room? Come on, show me those hands real quick. I love you. I love you. I remember what it's like to be single, okay? And listen, as soon as you get really becoming the person that God wants you to be, you know what the enemy's going to do? He's going to send some handsome man. Come walk in. And, 
I'm going to move on from that. But I think sometimes when we start to go towards the things of God, we don't realize that there's going to be struggle. And I think sometimes we try to make everything into a struggle. We have those friends that every time they call, it's like just Debbie Downer, old Saturday Night Live. Like it's just like no matter what you say, no matter what you do, it's, it's everything is struggling. I don't think that's healthy either. But I, I want you to realize that all of us are going to have to struggle for the promised land. There is no victory without a fight, everybody. There is no taking this city back from the enemy without us pressing into the land. You realize they got to the edge of the land and he said, I gave you all of that. It's been given to you. Now go take it. Now there is something different. <laughs> I've been given some stuff, okay? Like, and, and, and our concept of gift is like, I'm going to hand you something and you're going to take it. God says, my gifts come with you going to take them. And I just, I want you to gear up because I believe God's going to do something. And I'm going to help you to, to the best of my ability to get ready for it. But I want you to gear up to take some land. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you to say, well, I prayed and we were there and I gave a bit. And, and look, at the, the, the paint is new and the, we got a new projector. Gosh, it's awesome, you know. It's awesome. It's beautiful. We've arrived, everybody. We have not arrived. And to heaven is the only option. And hell is no longer something that's hungered for like it is in this world. I'm just telling you, heaven and hell are real in my book. And I'm going. I don't know about you. Okay, I'm going. I'm praying for you to go. I'm just saying, I know I'm going. We got to think about the other people in this world and step into it. What I want to do is talk to you about some of the struggles before I talk to you about how to raise a standard in your life of victory. I want to give you five of them. These are, my pastor describes our struggles as these five things that we all struggle with. And I think it's important for us to take note of what, what we're going to face as soon as we start this. Here's the first thing that every one of us are going to face. We're going to face inferiority. You're going to walk up to the promised land just like Joshua did. And God through Moses is going to say to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Then the people said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And in the fifth time, you know what the people said to him? Joshua, hey, we'll go with you. Only if you'll be strong and courageous. Joshua had been walking with Moses for 40 years. I mean, like watching him lead. And yet all the people and God had to say, you can do it. I don't know why it is that even when we're right in the place of our calling, that there's this spirit that tries to attack us. Can I tell you, be honest with you, it happens to me. It's happened to me my entire life of ministry. I'm a preacher's kid. I've been in this my whole life. And there's not been once that I stood there heading towards the stage. I didn't think, God, why am I here? Why did you pick me for this? There's this little voice that says, you're, you're not up to the task. And it always, every, every song, every worship song, you know what I say? God, it's not about me. It's about you. And if I'm obedient, you'll meet me. You'll show up for me. Anybody here, uh, anybody here were uh, A students in school? Come on, you were that straight A student. Come on, show me those hands. Be bold. You, you were raising them when you were in school, when straight A's, you know. You're like, where are my C students at? Any C students in the room? Come on, come on, C students. I love y'all. I love y'all more than the A students. Couldn't you A students stay home a little bit? Come on, messing up the curve for all of us. My wife, my wife was valedictorian of her class, really valedictorian I mean she was oh she's number one and like they paid her to go to college everybody 
I paid to go to college. One day I was talking to her about her grades and, and you know, just like life and what it looked like and you know, I, you know, what it was like to actually have, literally when she got to college, she got a check every semester to pay for books and to pay for food and do all this. Like, praise God for tops, you know, and beyond. And I said, you know, she said, you know, one day she was not being bragging. She said, you know, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I ever got a B in my life. I looked at her and I said, I don't think I ever got one either. You know, like, I don't, I don't think... Uh, you know, <laughs> isn't it kind of funny that what God does, what God does is he finds the unwise and uses them to do wise things. And he takes people who are inferior on their own and says, I'm going to change the world with you. And so let me just say, if you're inferior to the task, welcome to the club, everybody. Welcome to Encounter Church, everybody. That's Hey, listen, we're a bunch of broken people. Some of us checked into the hospital a little earlier than you, so we can tell you which hall to go down. But welcome to the hospital, okay? Welcome to the house of God. I got to move. I'm going to run out of time, okay? 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6 says, Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who has also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Apostle Paul himself, the great writer of the New Testament, had days where he felt inadequate to the task. And I tell you this, if you feel too adequate to the task, then it could be that you're dependent upon yourself more than you're dependent upon God. And I'll tell you this, I'd rather feel inferior and have God on my side than feel superior and do it alone. Come on, that's good preaching right there. I don't know where you are. Here's the second struggle that we all face. The second struggle we all face is temptation. This is just, this is the enemy coming along and say, she looks good, you know, or he looks good, or, you know, you ought to, you ought to watch that, you ought to say that, you ought to eat that, you ought to drink that. It's just the enemy, he's faithful, faithful, everybody. To show up and just dangle that stuff right in front of you. And you're going to have to make a decision that, listen, you're either going to accept that invitation or create an environment where you're not. Listen, you're no different. I'm no different. And this is just how the enemy works. Jesus himself faced great temptation. That's why he said, pray this way. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Lead us not. Into temptation. What are you saying? God, lead me around it. Temptation is real. And as long as you're sucking air, you're going to be tempted. <laughs> I thought, you know, I, you know, being a preacher's kid, I, I always saw these guys on the stage preaching and, you know, holiness movement. I don't know if y'all heard of that thing. You know, like uh, these people that were so holy and so close to God. And I thought, man, one day, one day. Pastor P, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up and I will have arrived and I will no longer struggle. I mean, I, I, mean, I had the most... Uh, talk about error in my theology, everybody. You know, the higher you climb, the harder the enemy hits. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. You have to learn how to soar just like eagles do against the hard winds. You have to learn how to position yourself so that you can rise above the situation. But the hard winds of temptation will come. And I just want you to know, here's what I do. When I'm on the edge of pursuing something that God has for me, when I see that thing coming, I almost say to my wife, well, just wait a minute, something else is coming. And we, it's almost become comical. 
This weekend, we're celebrating three years at One Hope Church in New Orleans. Three years. We're, we're... I always say we got ten fingers and ten toes, but we're still prone to make a mess, everybody. Like we're, we're still learning. We're still growing. We, we've, got a, we've got a long ways to go. But I think about how we, when we were getting prepared to launch the church, there was a director of a school who was a believer that helped us to get into the school. And a month before the church launched in New Orleans, his house had an electrical fire and burned down. And it was great temptation and attack of the enemy. A month after our church launched, a month before his burned, a month after my home in Birmingham that hadn't sold burned down. Both had an electrical fire five hours away. And without either one of us, we couldn't have gotten to school and we wouldn't have launched. See, the enemy, he tempts, he attacks He does all these things to try and throw us off what God really wants. Here's the third struggle we all face, and that's rejection. We all face rejection. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to decide to go all out for the vision of Encounter Church, if you're going to go all out for the calling of God for your life, some people are not going to like you. And can I tell you, it's okay. If, If everybody likes you, then I question how Christian are you. If there, isn't, if there isn't a little, how do they say it in the Cars movie? Rubbin is racing, everybody, okay? Like, and so, like, <laughs> I've got a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, okay? Like, uh, we, we, we still watch movies like that at my house. But if you think about Christianity, is there's got to be some rub. There's gonna, listen, I'm not telling you to go do strange things to create rub. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I, I want you to be a Christian, and I don't want you to be weird. Amen, everybody? <laughs> I, I want you to be as close to Jesus, but more like him and less like what we've seen in religion. But the reality is, is if you are, you're going to face rejection. You're going to face attacks. When we first launched, we had somebody say, you know, like, hey, you know, you're going to One Hope. And the friend said, yeah, we're, we're going to One Hope. So like, so you're going to that happy church. And I thought, as opposed to what? The sad, angry, mad, <laughs> like, wish you hadn't come church? You know, like, like, if that's the options, I'm going for happy, everybody. I espouse the Mary Poppins mentality. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Somewhere in the Proverbs, everybody. Okay, that, that verse. Luke chapter 17, Jesus said this. He said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It's impossible that, you, that you're going to live this life and not face some sort of rejection or some sort of offense. And so what you need to learn how to do is not to take the bait of Satan, but to overcome it. But to just kind of plan on it. Listen, some people aren't going to like you, and that's okay. Amen. I tell people in our church all the time, we're going to love you passionately and hold you loosely. The day you want to go, we're going to help you get there. I'm just telling you, it creates an environment where people really want to be with us. They're like, listen, if you want to go, let me help you get where you want to go. Because the last thing I want is your heart to be somewhere else and me trying to hold you there. I'm just telling you, re- rejection is something that the enemy does. I got two more for you. I keep on moving. Here's the, here's the fourth. The fourth struggle that we all face is just plain old discouragement. Yeah, yeah. Just discouragement. I think, you know, the word discouraged, if you, if you look up its definition, courage, courage is an attribute. It's a character trait. When you grow in God, you grow in courage. The word discouraged, just like Webster's Dictionary, means to lack spirit. And the word encouraged means to be full of spirit. So people who are encouraged, they've taken this character trait that God's given them, and they have infused the spirit of God in it. 
They have gone to God for everything and they've stayed encouraged. You're going to face discouragement. If you're discouraged here tonight, it could be that there's not enough wind in your sails. And what you need is to double down on worship tonight. What you need is to invest and overcome that discouragement. See, I think sometimes the enemy is working harder than we are. I want to say to you, never get alone with your discouraging thoughts. There are groups here. There are, there are people around you. You may feel alone, but that's a lie. If you're alone in this church, it's your choice. Because you've been invited to a family, everybody. I, I, I say to our church all the time that God has given us a family to be a part of. Like me, you may have come from a very discouraging family. God's answer to your broken family was to create a bigger family he called the church. And he adopted you into that family. Not to reject the others, not to to refuse the others' love, but to recognize that God is going to love you right where you are. He had to fight that discouragement. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes starts as the most Debbie Downer book in the Bible. He says, throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. People who live that way, quite often, bad things have happened. Yes, yes, discouraging things will happen. You have a choice, discouraged or encouraged, church. You have a choice. Here's the last one, number five. The, the, the struggle bus of all struggle buses is just simply the devil's attack on your life. The first four, he uses all of them. And sometimes he uses things that you would never imagine. Sometimes you think, man, we're in the clear. We're doing good here. We, we've, put, you know, the, we've laid the plays out. The, the plan is made. We're going we're gonna to run this running play, and we're going to throw this passing play, and we're going we're gonna to hit a touchdown, and you get out there, and the devil throws things that you never imagined. He does. He does. I just want you to know that when the devil is fighting you the most, it's because you're doing something great. My dad, much like Pastor P, is in church with me, and he's my best amener. And I'm kind of getting the same thing from you. You're just right there with me. My dad's amen, preach it, go for it. And my dad always said, if you're not in a fight, you aren't doing anything right. Listen, if you, if you aren't in opposition with the enemy, you might be walking with him. Listen, there's got to be this kind of attack. And sometimes I think the enemy works harder to destroy us than we work to defeat him. We kind of fall into this, I guess I've got to take what he's given me. Can I, can I be really real with you guys? Like to the point where I'm going to do the best I can to hold the emotion. Okay, like it's so real to me. After the house burned, that was enough. First nine of the months of the church, paying for a house to be rebuilt in another city. Just lots of loss. When we finally sold it, the church turned one and we started growing. It's like, this is great. I finally offloaded that, like, just, just bleeding cash, personally. I'm like, we're going we're gonna to do all right. New year, everybody. Come on. God's going to do new things. I don't even have a house to burn anymore. <laughs> this is going to be okay. We're going to make it. My daughter, who is six now, was, was born uh, with a birthmark on her left eye. And that year, for, for whatever reason, that birthmark started getting darker. And it started to become something that not only we were seeing, but other people would say, well, what's in her eye? And so we started to go, you know, first just simple eye doctor. 
And that doctor was so um, afraid to tell us what she thought. That she thought right then that my daughter had cancer, but couldn't tell us. And referred me to another, because she just didn't know what to say. So we go to the second one. And the second eye doctor says, she was just afraid to tell you that you need to see an oncologist. Can I just tell you, you can do all you want to do for God. And when your kid starts looking at you, no one wants to be referred there. We went to three more doctors and an oncologist and, and months of testing. And this is all, you know, we're just, we're championing the cause. We had seen 50 people make decisions for Christ right about at that point. We're like, we're seeing God do things. And yet we're every day wondering, like, is this the day we're going to hear? Went through all of that, all of it, all of it, all of it. She's cancer-free, everybody. No, no, no cancer. It's a, good, it's a great thing. That's the celebratory part. But you know what we got to do now every three to six months? Is we got to line up for the testing again for the next three years because of her age and because of the type of issue in her eye. And so every six months, and can I just tell you this past six months, it just happened uh, six weeks back. We just, we had to go through all the testing again. I had to live with that sickness in my stomach. Uh, It wasn't going to be, and I still had to preach like I was excited that Sunday. Can I tell you, I was mad as hell. Can I say it that way? Is it all right for me to say hell in that context in this church? I'm just saying, like, I was so angry, but then something rose up on the inside of me. And I just decided, I'm like, I'm not living this way. I'm not living with the the enemy every six months coming back to say, is this the time that she's going to really get it? I'm just, I'm declaring to you today that I rejected that. Rejected that idea. Isaiah 54, Isaiah 54 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I love this, I love this. God didn't say the the, the weapons wouldn't form, He said they wouldn't prosper. Listen, He has tried to form some weapons against me. And I'm refusing their power. I'm rejecting the devil, amen everybody? I'm pushing back. You know, uh, my friend uh, went to a pet store recently. And when he walked into the pet store, you know, he was looking for an animal, maybe for his kids. When he walked in, there was a parrot on the side. Y'all know where I'm going here. He walked by the parrot and the parrot said, you're the ugliest man alive. He got upset. My friend went to the owner and said, man, I'm, I'm here looking at animals and, and your pet's insulting me on the way in. And so the owner, the owner walks over and grabs the parrot and just hits him on the beak and says, don't talk to my customers that way. Man walked around, felt good about it. A few months later, he hadn't decided what he wanted. He came back to the pet store, came back to the pet store and he walked in, saw the parrot and the parrot said, hey, he said, what? And the parrot said, you know what? I think that's how the devil works. I really do. I think he's just, what does he do? He just, he just keeps coming along. He says, yeah, I told you at the beginning it wasn't going to work. I know you got the job, but you're not going to get the raise now. You, you started giving. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. But you don't know how much I'm going to take from you now. 
I'm just going to, I can tell you, I was a preacher's kid who was taught tithing my whole life. And I said, Dad, you can have that one. I don't know if I'm doing that. And when I started tithing, the enemy came hard. But then God's blessing came harder. I'm just going to tell you, it's true. It's true. So listen, hopefully, hopefully I've encouraged you more than I discouraged you. But I'd be remiss if I told you there's a promised land and there aren't going to be some struggles to get it. I'd, I'd be doing you a disservice at the beginning of this conference to say, God's going to bless you with all these blessings. And then you realize somewhere along the way that you're going to have to learn how to steward. You're going to have to learn how to grow. You're going to have to learn how to fight. You're going to have to learn how to step into the calling that God has given you. And let me just say, Encounter Church, you've just kind of stepped into the calling. I'm telling you, 13 years, you've got mature leaders, you've got godly leaders, you've got great leaders. That's all good. This is just the beginning. At the end of it all, Joshua took 31 cities. Let me just, how many neighborhoods do you want? I mean, like, let's just break it down just a little bit, because I'm not sure where he was fighting for was bigger than Baton Rouge, okay? Like, when we say we want to take Baton Rouge, their cities were smaller in that day. Let's just be real. Did you write some down? Say, God, this is, this is my street. This is my neighborhood. And I'm going to pray till they encounter God. Not, not so that an organization can grow, not so that a seat can be filled, but because heaven and hell are realities. And, and they're struggling just as much as you're struggling, but you have hope. Listen, you can, you can you know, go through life hopeless in your struggles, or you can be introduced to hope. And so in the days of Joshua, in the days of Joshua, when they would commence to battle, they would decide they were going to overcome the struggles. They would march out. I love it. We, you know, we're, we're so technical today. We've got planes. You, know, we've got, you can shoot things in places. You don't even have to be there. In their day, you had to hold the sword, okay? Like, it was different. And when they would march out into battle, they would walk out with what they would call in the Bible a standard. A standard. I'm not talking about your character standard. That's not what I'm talking about. They would walk out holding a very tall and large banner. And the banner would declare two things, two things, two things. The banner would declare and a standard declares who we are. So they would walk out. I'm of the tribe of Judah. Who are you? I am of Judah. That's who I am. Uh, My name is Joshua. You would carry this banner saying, this is who I am. But see, the banner didn't stop there. The banner would also declare whose we are. They would say, I'm a child of the Most High God. They They would walk out carrying the banner saying, this is who we are, and that's whose we are. So when I say, like, listen, when the enemy is attacking, Isaiah 59 says it this way, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. What's the standard? The standard says, enemy, I've been bought with a price. I'm born again. You've got no rights here. Covered, covered. To help you see it, I've got, I've got three gentlemen going to help me to give you just a, I want to give you a visual real quick. Would you guys come join me on the stage? All three of you real quick. All three, real fast. Join me up here. Man, you can hurdle the stage, man. Thank you. 
I'm going to put you right here in the middle. Pastor P, if you go here, Alfred, would you come on this side for me? This side for me. Now listen, when you go out into battle, when our, our forces go out into battle, do they carry a standard like this, everybody? I'm sorry, Alfred. I'm sorry. But there are people who they step out the attack of the enemy, and they're like, I'm an American. God bless the troops. Come on. It's like, and and listen, that's where they are. And listen, if you're young in faith or beginning in faith, I understand it, but you need to take your small standard and stand it behind a bigger standard. But this is where a lot of people's standard is. Alfred, would you hold that for me? Thank you, sir. The biggest man. And then, and then there's some of us. We, we get a little more passionate. We, we learned two or three verses. We went to Sunday school, everybody. Come on. I mean, I had flannel graphs of Jonah and the whale. How about you? I mean, I can sing you songs about horses and, and chariots. and uh, Anyway. This guy's got a little, a little more passion in his standard. And he puts it on the car on a Memorial Day weekend. Up and down the road. Brakes goes the other direction. What's he doing? What's he doing? Saying, I'm not just an American. I'm in this. I'm passionate. This is my standard. And when the enemy looks out and sees a standard that size, he says, that's who I'm coming for. Flex for me, Alpha, real quick. Come on, give me a little. Give me a little. That's okay. Oh. And then there's this guy. Comes walking down the road, holding a flag like this. And you see him and you salute and you sing, I'm proud to be an American. Come on. Where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men. Come on, somebody help me. Who can sing on key? And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the I'm just helping y'all go a little faster, okay? Here's my point. When the enemy sees someone, you can lower it. I want them to see you. I asked Pastor Philip to do this on purpose. Come on. Woo! I'm feeling rocky in the house, everybody. I'm feeling a little. Na, na, na. Come on, Mike. We are ready to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alfred. I told you. I told you. I love you, Adrian. Go, Rocky. My mama hits harder than that. We can go all Rocky the whole time. I'm a big fan. Here's what I want you to see. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you a mental picture that will stay with you. Because, listen, some of the struggles that you're facing, you're facing them with a standard like this. Some of you are you're somewhere in the process. You found a small group. You're kind of checking this place out. But God wants you to walk on the field with a standard raise. Come on, give a great hand to these guys. Come on, give them a great hand. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you so much. I want you to understand that there's a, there's a passion that God wants to 
to just raise up inside of you. A passion to say, it's time for me to declare to the world who I am and whose I am. It's time for me to, to have a discussion with the enemy, who I am and whose I am. There will be struggles. I wish I could tell you that he, he's not going to stop lying to you. He's going to keep lying to you. But you don't have to believe him. You have the power. And as I close, before we pray, I want to give you three standards that I think we need to raise right now. Three standards that I think you need to raise because when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. The Spirit of God will do it. Here's the first one. Jot it down. The first thing you need to raise is the blood of Jesus. Listen, there is no greater banner than to say, I have been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus. I, I'm forgiven of sin. Come on, Revelations chapter 12 and 11 says, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb, by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Even unto death. Even unto death. And I just want you to know that when the enemy says you are inferior, you're a sinner. I want you to say, thank you for reminding me. Thank you. Thank you. So now I can walk into the powerful blood of Jesus. Listen, the blood that forgave you on day one is still powerful today. He has not forgotten about you. And so when it starts to happen like that, my mom used to say it this way, Josh, when the enemy tells you what you did wrong, just say, thanks for reminding me. Now I can be forgiven. Now I can walk in confidence with God. There's a story in the book of Acts chapter 19. It's not going to be on screen. The seven sons of Sceva came along. And they thought, they thought they could do the things of God without being gods. And I just want to say to you, you become his when you come under the blood. When you find yourself at the foot of the cross, which is the ultimate standard, everybody. That's why even in the days, I don't, I don't even agree with what we were doing historically in the crusades. But what did they carry out? The standard and yes, they were misusing it. Yes, they shouldn't have done those things. I, listen, we don't have time to recount that, but I want you to know there is a godly way of carrying that standard. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Here's the second. It's the word of God. There are so many believers who are devoid of the word of God. They have a form of godliness, but they have denied the power of God because Hebrews 4 says the word of God is living and active and sharper right than any two-edged sword it's powerful it, it it goes on to it can divide joint and marrow it can do great things jesus even said in matthew chapter 4 man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god today if you leave with one thing would you memorize isaiah 59 when you feel like the struggle bus is getting bigger in your life, you would step back and say, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, raise up a standard in me. I want you to grab a hold of a verse that contradicts the lie of the enemy. I want you to grab a hold of a truth that says, God, you said, I'm not listening to the voice of a stranger. God, you said... Because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequately equipped to do every good work. He's training and taking care of you. John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. You would have to raise up a standard of what God said, not what the enemy says. Holding on to verses. Every night, and I declare him over Liv's life. 
God's not given us a spirit of fear. And every six months, I'm not going to be afraid of what the, the, the doctor's going to say. God, you're going to take care of this. God, you're in it. I'm raising up a standard. We go to bed every, every, every night under the blood of Jesus and the word of God. Here's the third. In the prayers of the believers. Are you ready to fight in counter church? Because it's going to begin in your prayers. I'm just telling you, you're going to have to win the war in the spiritual if you want to take your neighborhood. And you're going to have to learn how to prayer walk, maybe like Jericho. What do you think God was showing them? Hey, I want to show you that you don't always have to get a sword. You just need to learn how to walk a little bit. Sometimes you've got you to go around that thing a few times. You may need to learn how to shout a little bit. I think y'all know how to do that. Right? I just want to say, I think y'all are there. But it's the prayers of the believers. If my people, Second Chronicles says, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. What standard are you holding, church? What standard are you holding? And is it time? Is it time to lay down the small standard and say, God, put me in the game? I'll walk out in front with no sword holding a standard. Come on, I'll walk out in front. I'll declare to the enemy who I am and whose we are, unafraid, unafraid that God will show up. All around this room, would you bow with me in prayer? Come on, just you and God, just for a moment. Just you and him. Where are you struggling right now? Come on, what's the lie of the enemy? Where are you struggling? Come on, I want you to identify right now in your own word. Is it discouragement? Is it temptation? Is it inferiority? Is it fear? Come on, what is it? Is it just straight up the devil is after you right now and you just know it's him? What is it? I want you to identify it right now. And in your own, just in your own seat right there, would you whisper, say, God, God, would you help me? God, would you help me to raise up a standard? God, would you help me? I plead the blood of Jesus over this church right now. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus with me. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life and my mind and my heart and my eyes. And God, if I have seen something that's wicked, forgive me. If I've heard something that's ungodly, forgive me. God, I pray for the blood of Jesus to forgive every sin, to heal every disease. And God, we hold on to the word. God, it's the, we take up the shield of faith and we have the sword of the spirit whereby we stand against every attack of the enemy. God, you heal. God, you save. God, you redeem. God, you work miracles. You're bigger than cancer. You're bigger than depression. You're bigger than my fear. You're bigger than my poverty mentality, God. You're bigger than what I'm dealing with. And I will be free. There is freedom in Jesus' name. There is, what's your verse? What's your verse? Would you begin to declare it? Come on, right there in your seat. Would you begin to declare it? And God, I declare over Encounter Church a fresh standard a fresh wind of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Monty, would you come on? Pastors, that you're here, would you come lay hands just real quick? I know, I know this isn't, I got 50 seconds. Come on, Pastor, walk over and put your hands on this couple. We're gonna, we're declaring that the standard is rising right here in Jesus' name. God, we surround them with favor as a shield. And God, we believe your word is true. 
And God, the greatness inside of them is going to go greater. And the brightness is going to shine brighter. And God, the, the former days are going to look like nothing compared to the future, God. And we declare that we believe and we stand alongside and we will encounter the world with Jesus and we will see great change. God, protect them, provide for them. God, we thank you for them. We honor you today. Come on, church. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. 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 Come on, stand to your feet. Let's give God a great hand clap of praise.